This season is sponsored by Gorillas, the sexy grocery delivery app revolutionizing online shopping. Fresh food delivered to your door in 10 minutes, catering to all your food loving needs. Sign me up. Operating in major cities in the UK and globally, Gorillas supports small businesses as well as local producers to bring your favourite brands to your door. And just to get your juices flowing, they are offering all listeners £10 off your first order when you spend £20. Download the Gorillas app and use the code SEXY10 at checkout. Hi and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Harley-Young. This podcast is all about the love of food and how it plays a part in our lives. I sit down with well-known personalities, food experts, chefs and people who just love their food to find out all about their life, career and their favourite tastes along the way. Today I'm joined by Karen Marie Ostad, better known as Mu the Danish singer and songwriter behind some of the biggest hits on your radio. She's worked with the likes of Justin Bieber, Major Lazer, DJ Snake and Iggy Azalea to name but a few and she has a new album on the way. We have only just met but I cannot wait to speak to this talented lady all about her incredibly successful music career, Danish food which I need a little education on and navigating this crazy world as a female boss. Karen, welcome to Crazy Sexy Food. Thank you and thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be talking about these things. Oh, and thank you so much for coming on. It's so lovely to meet you. The first thing I always ask my guests is, what did you have for breakfast today? Ooh, I actually, today I treated myself with something I don't usually have for breakfast, which is two eggs, avocado, tomatoes, and rye bread. So it was like a bit Ooh. more like luxury than I usually do, actually. We had we had the same breakfast. <laughs> you, you, really? Amazing. Yes. It's a great breakfast. We, we were clearly meant to meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We also both have a um, furniture delivery arriving at some point during the podcast. It's if true. we get through I... it in one go, it will be an absolute miracle. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> and where are you recording from today? I'm recording from my apartment in Copenhagen. Oh, in my kitchen. Lovely. In my kitchen. Yeah. Fabulous. <laughs> this is um, Copenhagen is somewhere that I am absolutely desperate to go to. Um, oh, if anyone nice. asks yeah. me or where are you, you know, where do you want to go in Europe? I literally my first answer is always Copenhagen. Oh, that's so nice. I'm feeling flattered. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've heard so many good things and I've had the pleasure of working with a few Danish people. And I just yeah. you guys are very nice people. Oh, thanks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't, I think Danish people were like a little bit reserved in a way, but then I do think that we are also pretty polite. And when, when you get to know us, like, I mean, I guess you can't categorize like, or of course gen- generalize, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, at least it makes no, me really happy to lovely. hear you say this. <laughs> no, you are. I mean, I've spent a bit of time in Sweden and it's sort of like yeah. a, a similar kind of vibe in that sense. Yeah, Scandinavia. But, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm from the UK and we can, we can be a little tough at times. <laughs> I love people from the UK. I love going to London. Yeah, we're okay. We're okay. <laughs> so we did have a little bit of a laugh before we started recording. Your real name is Karen, but yeah. I know you get asked this a lot. Where does your stage name come from? It's actually because uh, 
as you said so uh, nicely in the beginning, like my, my name is Karen Marie Usted. And so it comes from Marie Usted. That's like the initials ah. of those. Um, and then my, my grandfather, he was a painter and his name was Mons Ostel. So he signed all his paintings. Um, so therefore I thought, you know, because my, my grandfather, he has, grandfather, he has always been like, well, the only other sort of like artistic person in my family that chose a career that had to do with art. Uh, so I've always looked very much up to him. So I wanted to pick that same name as he had. How lovely. And to like dedicate that to him. That's yeah. so wonderful. So I want to take it back a little bit. You were born and raised in Denmark. Yeah. I want to know what life was like growing up. You know, what were you eating? Who was cooking? Mm. Did food play an important part in your life? Sort of paint the whole picture for us. Mm. Well, I grew up uh, in a suburb to a town, um, like two hours away from uh, from Copenhagen. But, you know, Denmark is so small, so it's like nothing is really that far from Copenhagen. You can only go like four hours away from Copenhagen, then you get to Germany, you know. So it's like, <laughs> so, um, and I grew up like just, uh, both my parents were teachers, you know, middle class and 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 my my mom was mainly the person cooking because my father he just didn't really care about food you know he wasn't passionate about it so always when he would make the food it would be very like just like thrown together which was fine because to be honest I was a really um what is the word like picky picky with my food yeah. like I didn't want to like I was fussy yes I was fussy I was fussy with my food uh so it was my mom cooking and she never used a lot of spices. Um, spices was something I was introduced to when I started touring. And it was like, oh, my God. There's this whole food world that I haven't ever been familiar with, you know. But I can imagine as well, because we'll get onto this in a second, but Danish food isn't very spicy no. in general, is it? No, you're right. No, but you're, you're right. You're right. It really isn't. So what kind of dishes sort of remind you of your childhood? What would your mum be cooking, you know, sort of on an average night? And then also maybe is sort of like your, I don't know if you did Sunday meals or sort of a family dinner. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things I remember really clearly was like her doing these uh, pork chops. No, not pork. Well, well, uh, like pig, kind of like... what do you call <laughs> like you know like a, a, a like a, a like a pork loin yeah something like that and then like, like a steak yeah yeah like a pork steak kind of thing and yeah. then like in a in a in, like in a, a fuck shit I don't know the English word for this <laughs> but like you know the thing that you put a lasagna in what do you call it like a like a like a is it like a big pot like a stew yeah you know it wasn't a stew that's the thing it was more like you know the thing that you make a lasagna in like that kind of like a, I don't know how to say this word this is so embarrassing um but like it was more like just like these lumps of um <laughs> of of pork steaks with like right. with the with the mozzarella and and uh tomatoes on it Ooh. So, wait <laughs> I love you I love how you're just swearing <laughs> through it all <laughs> 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, but it's because I get so frustrated when I don't remember the the English. But it, so it's kind of, of like like a lasagna, like a lasagna dish is kind of like an oven dish. So it oven would be dish. put into right. the oven, an yeah. oven dish. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, that is it. That was what it is. And then also we have this thing called tartelera. I don't know if you have heard about this tot tartelet. Do we, do you have that in English? No. It's like so. It's these little. Um, Oh my God, I wish I could send you photos of this because again, I really don't know the translation because it's such a Danish dish, but like it's these little, um, little shelves of like um, the kind of dough that, that has many layers, you know, like really buttery and, uh, okay. and hard, like little shells. And then in it, there's a chicken and asparagus mush that's kind of like mashed together in this little cup of... Oh wow! Uh, yeah, butter dough. <laughs> so, sounds quite nice, actually. I mean, talk about sort of Danish food in general, because I, I say I said in the intro that I needed to be educated. But in terms of like Scandi food, I actually mm. really love. I mean, Scandi food. But the reason I didn't want to say that I knew about Danish food is because well, I haven't been to Denmark, but. Um, you know, I've I've been to Sweden, I've been to mm. Finland. So, oh, what Finland. kind of yeah. um, what kind of differentiates Danish food from the other sort of Scandi countries? Would you say? I mean, I think there is. I mean, I think there's probably many similarities in a way, but of course, each country in Scandinavia and in the north have their own um, own kind of specialities. I, I think. One thing that I find very Danish and which which I remember as being something that you would get uh, like, like a, a classic kind of kind of nice thing to get is like these sort of like rye bread open sandwich things. We call them smørbrød, where you just have like a lot of layers of, um, of uh, you know, things that you put on this open sandwich. Like Do you know what I find as well with Scandi food is that it's, it, for me, it feels very healthy and very pure. Like you're yeah. using, it's, it's quite simple. Like, as yeah. you said, you didn't really grow up with spices. No. So, you know, the, the, maybe the closest thing, maybe I have had Danish food. You know, there are a few places in London where you'd have like rye bread with some, yeah. like smoked salmon on top or some kind of cured fish yeah. with yeah. some dill, maybe some pickles Yes, and for me, that's exactly. just really nice and simple. Like that's a yes. lovely like breakfast meal, isn't it? Yeah. No, you're right. Something like that definitely sounds very Danish. And like I also, again, I just remember all these layers because like usually like for me, I think all my life basically as lunch, whenever I'm in Denmark, what I have is is rye bread with some kind of like something you put on, you know, and but but these like smørbrød, uh, which are like the, the the more like fancy ones, it's like all these layers, you know, like a little a piece of lecher and like eggs and like caviar and uh, mayonnaise and shrimps, you know, like just like all these Ooh. like um, building and uh, and that's a very for sure Danish thing. Sounds delicious. <laughs> it's quite delicious. Yeah. Do, have you ever made rye bread? Made it myself. Um, I actually haven't, but my mother, uh, does it every week and she's done that for many, many oh, years, wow. but I actually, I still haven't done it. And like, every time I'm home visiting my parents, I'm like, today is the day where we're making rye bread together, but I actually haven't done it yet. But she has this little sourdough that she has had for like ages, you know, that just have 
kept on growing or like yeah. living. So I'm excited to dive into the to the wonders of rye bread soon. Yeah, bre- bread making is something that I haven't done either, and I sort of feel mm. like I feel like I'm a little bit too like anxious a person to deal with bread. I don't mm. know, like yeah. it's one of those things no, where you mean, can either do yeah. it or you can't. There's yeah. no like middle ground there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, totally, totally. So I want to sort of fast forward a little bit. I um I read something about you that I loved because I think we're of a similar age. Um, is it true that the Spice Girls got you interested in in music? <laughs> yeah, I think Spice Girls were definitely the first band to make me think that I could be a musician as well. I was intrigued by music before, but Spice Girls were the ones that kind of like opened the door for me and like in my brain that, oh my God. I could do this too. Um, it was just, I mean, I was just, you know, like obsessed with them. Um, yeah. And like first time that I have tried that whole, like just the, the obsession of music and of like the, you know, these uh, artists, you know, like just this whole kind of thing. That was bicycles, yes. I mean, same for me, honestly. <laughs> I, I look back at those days and it's like, I don't think we'll ever have that kind of era again. Like with that real pure girl band pop music in like the innocence that it was. Yeah, you it was, know? Yeah, it's so just, innocent. it's such a different right. world now. Yes. I guess what I'm really interested in is obviously you mentioned that your, your parents were teachers. Mm. So did you sort of as a child were you sort of doing singing lessons or music lessons I mean how did you kind of get into that and and sort of in a sort of summary way you know how Mm. did you get to the point where you were then making your own music yeah I mean I actually I didn't really take uh, singer lessons or or like the thing is I you know when you come from the suburbs and your parents doesn't really you know that like I didn't like none of my friends or my family were musicians and so actually even though I guess it's easy to find a way to to get someone to teach you music but it isn't easy if you don't know where to start so to be honest I I I, what happened was that my mom inherited a piano and then that's kind of how I then just started sitting down and trying to start writing music I didn't, I think I, I, it wasn't until I was a teenager that I had the opportunity through my school to take some lessons in singing. Um, so I, I kind of just started, started actually, and yeah, after, after like during this whole obsession period of time with, with Spice Girls, I just started kind of like free fall, write music, you know, like do songs because I, I you know, I, I remember just coming to that conclusion of like, well, you know, if I don't start, even though I don't know how to start and I don't have any way in, like, but if I don't start, it'll never happen. So I desperately just sat down and started to, like, try and write a chorus in English, even though I didn't know how to speak English. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's such a, that's such a lovely, uh, well, actually, it's a very mature mentality to have, actually, yeah. for, you know, at that age. That's so good to just start I yeah. they always say don't they that like when you're about to, when you want to embark on something the hardest part is just starting 
Yeah. Because then, then you're that's in true. the flow of it, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. No, but that's right. I think I was, and that was the great thing about that whole Spice Girl thing was that it just made me so passionate that there was no way that I wouldn't start writing music, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. What's your favorite Spice Girl song? My favorite, I think, is Say You'll Be There. But <gasps> Mine too! Really? Oh my God! <laughs> It was meant to be. <laughs> and the best music video ever Exactly. As well. And totally. Oh and I, I feel like that almost, I think that also maybe has something to do with why it is my favorite song because I was so obsessed with that video. It was just everything. It was just oh. screaming to me, just like, ah, there's something here. Oh, you know. Honestly, like you, I think like, I feel like it was around that era where a lot of like hip hop and R&B stars were also like doing those videos in the desert. But I feel like yeah. that Spice Girls one is like the best of its kind. Yeah, no, I, I really, I really agree. So good. <laughs> um, so obviously most people will know you from some of your major hits and I just have to read them out because you know I have been listening to your music for a very long time so you know you have worked with Iggy Azalea um, on Beg For It you obviously mm -hmm. had the massive hit Lean On with Major Lazer and DJ Snake and Cold Water also with Major Lazer and mm -hmm. just a little known little known guy <laughs> called Justin Bieber yeah. I mean you know it's one thing saying that you want to become a musician you start writing you know, your songs, you, you start getting a few sort of opportunities to then mm. working with such seriously successful names mm. in the business. What was that experience like? I mean, it was, um, yeah, because as you said, like when I started, I was sort of just doing my own kind of like bedroom indie pop kind of thing. And I did my first album, No Mythologist to Follow in... 14 and 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 when touring and did stuff and you know there was definitely this sort of like hype um like hype on the indie pop kind of scene I guess in, in lack of a better word because honestly genres to me it's like so difficult for me to define actually what genres are these days but 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 I think what really started all this like all these like very like like this pop blast you know I, I think was because Lean On uh, well, I mean, I guess the Iggy thing happened before that. That was sort of like an opportunity that almost just kind of like fell at my, um, like, just came to me. At Very, your fingertips. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was I was on tour in America and 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 then Iggy Azalea's team uh, hit up my manager and was just like, can you do this now? And can you perform it in three weeks? And like, just like, uh, just like kind of like, hey, can you do this? And then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. You know, um, so that was, you know, that was just a great opportunity that, that I kind of couldn't say no to. But then with Lean On, when when I did that one with Major Lazer, to be honest, I wasn't. Well, the thing is, like, I, I love pop music, but I'm not good at telling what 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 a hit is. Like, I, I usually I, I like songs with weird choruses and stuff like I'm I'm not necessarily the one to be like, that's a banger, you know. And so when we did Lean On, I was like, oh, this is super cool. And I'm, I love this. I can stand by this. But I wasn't at all thinking that, oh, this is going to be a hit. But so when that song became a hit, obviously that just opened so many doors. And all of a sudden it was like I was being welcomed in this very kind of mainstream 
world, you know, and, and mm. then it was just so exciting because it felt like such an adventure, but also an adventure that I didn't know that I was actually like, I, it wasn't something I had planned on. I was, you know, I, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm like big hits, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I think that's also the beauty of life in general in that we can all sort of like have a loose plan or we can yeah. all say, oh, I want to be a musician. Mm. I want to be a presenter, I, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. But you never really know what's around the corner. No. And it's, it's amazing like. that, you know, what incredible opportunities did come to you when you mm. weren't really thinking about it. Yeah. I, know. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. I, and, and honestly, like, I am so happy that you have had such a wonderful career and you're still going and we are going to talk about the new album in a minute, but I just want to bring it a little bit back to the food. Yeah. Something that I always love asking musicians mm. on this podcast is what their diet is like on tour, because I know Oof. it can be a little bit difficult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I have a diet. Like, I think on tour, it's just, it just very often. Survive. It's, it's just survive. <laughs> yeah, it's just surviving. It's just kind of like what's around, how much time do we have? Um, that's it, you know. I guess, you know, I mean, I don't even know if this is true, but they say it's more healthy to make your own food, right, than it is to buy it from, like, even if it's a good restaurant, it's still better to cook yeah. yourself. And so obviously when touring, it's all buy out. It's all, you know, um, but, but okay. But so all that said, I will say that one of the things I love about touring is getting to all these different cities and different restaurants and like just experiencing what this city is about. Cause I feel like once you get the food, that's sort of when you, you get like, you get to know the city and the people better, uh, obviously. Completely. Um, and I just love that because I love traveling. So, you know, it's, yeah. So can you tell me a few of your favorite places that you visited where the food just like really blew your mind? Yes. There's this place. Ooh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's San Diego in California. Um I wish I remember the name, but like there's this um, restaurant that makes soul food. Is that what you call it? Yeah. I you know? love soul food. Yeah. Hell yeah. So do I. And this, oh, I wish I had the name, but like this place in San Diego, it's like just the best. Like I've been to San Diego, I think two times. And each time with me and, and my band and my crew, we, we've all gone there and it's just like a feast. And it's just like the highlight of the tour. <laughs> So that's definitely like a big like, um, and then I also, but again, like, sorry to be so vague, but I also, we were also <laughs> either in Washington or Chicago, we were at this gourmet sushi restaurant and it was just the best. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what my problem is? is that if I went on tour as a musician, I don't feel like I'd actually get much stuff done because I'd be so interested in going to all the food places. Yeah. That I just... But honestly, I think that's good because I think when touring, in the beginning when I, when I was touring, I was constantly thinking about just like, oh, I got to write music and do promo and do the gigs and just work, 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 work. But actually I find now that 
you do you, you stay more in balance and do better shows if you take the time to uh, just be a human exploring going and you know seeing the city and being in the city and feeling feeling your life a bit more uh yeah so and you know when you tour you you're 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 touring you're doing it to play the shows so the shows is the most important thing so i think it's important to to have that balance um even though it can be hard to find it when you live in a bus for four oh, weeks <laughs> i can only imagine i can only imagine um have you been to london yes many times and do you, and how was um your food experience in london i've come to london so many times for the last eight eight years and I mean, I've, I've been to so many different restaurants. I, my, my, I guess my, my experience is that, that you can get any kind of food, like that there's everything. Um, and it's usually really good, I think. That the, but, but I also yeah. am, am, am privileged, you know, because like usually when I go to London, people take me out to nice places or like, or, or will advise me on where to go and these things. So I have to say, I think the food, I think the food in the UK in general has got so much better. I remember back in the day when I was younger, all of my American friends would be like, oh, the food in London is just not good. Yeah. I actually think we've massively overtaken quite a few, like just using America as an example. We, I think we've overtaken a lot of cities in America yeah. because we just have everything. Yeah. Like it's, it's quite phenomenal yeah. at the moment. And yeah. I think... Um, not not to bring up what has been going on over the past year and a half, but I think what's come out of it is that people's interest in food has like grown because you obviously had to be at home yeah. and cook for yourselves, yeah. or, you know, and I just yeah. think um, it's now that we're allowed out and about in the world, mm-hmm. you realize how much is out there and it's oh, so exciting. Yeah. That is very, very true. So nowadays, I mean, obviously you're in, you're in, in Copenhagen right now. Yeah. Um, you do have a new album coming out mm. and I believe it's coming out early next year. It's called Motodrome. Yes. Talk to me about the album and what the next few months sort of hold for you. Like, are you going to be staying there for a bit? Are you going to be, I, I did see you might have a tour next yes. year. I have a sort tour. Of what's the plan of action? Yeah. Well, in, uh, in February I'm going on, on tour and I'll play London as well. Heaven. I'm so excited about that because I love heaven. It's such a Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, well, if you have time, I need to take you out somewhere for dinner. Please. <laughs> oh, please. I would love that. I really, really want that. We have to make that happen. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. And, uh, and, and, and the album, I, I wrote it during um, this whole lockdown time, but, but it was actually strange because I, I was going to take a break myself anyway, because I was, I was uh, just burned out is the, is the word that I tend to use. Like, just like after so many years of just working and touring and doing everything I could just, I felt just mentally and physically exhausted and that it was like severely time for a break. But then, uh, so I, I started to take this break and then, you know, uh, coronavirus happened and, and then it sort of just intensified this whole, um, break and kind of like just I felt like I needed to just reevaluate where I was going as an artist but also as a person uh, right there in the early 30s I felt like there was also just a change happening in me like um, and so I really needed like some time off um, for many reasons uh, and that was when I wrote this album which was 
as it often is with me, like uh, writing music is very therapeutic. Um, and just, I don't know, it makes me so happy and it kind of makes whatever things that's troubling me, it makes them lighter in a way to put it out, uh, put words on it in a, in a poetic way, I guess. I think it's wonderful that you use the word therapeutic. I think um, sort of, obviously it's been a really awful time for everyone in different ways over the past couple of years. Um, And I also really admire the fact that you identified that you needed some time off Mm. because I think that so many people feel like you need to be on this treadmill yes and you've got to keep going yes and you've got to keep going until Absolutely. until actually it's too late it's right totally. and that's when you start going into a bit of trouble yeah but and seriously. i wondered um during that sort of time when you finally make that decision and you identify that you need that space to just be <laughs> what what comforts you like, what was it that you needed to do? Was it that you just needed to be at home and do absolutely nothing? Was it that you needed to spend time with your family? Was it that you, I don't know, needed to start painting? Like, <laughs> yeah. what was sort of like, what were the things that kind of got you back to your normal self? Yeah, I think I just got to say, you're so right. Like this thing about the treadmill, I think that was honestly what was happening to me that I just it had gone on for so long that I'd just been on this treadmill that I didn't know that it was even a possibility to stop. It didn't feel like a thing that yeah. that I could actually do. And that's where the name Motodrome actually comes from because it's that idea like if you stop spinning, everything will crash. But the thing is, it will crash for you at some point if you don't stop anyway. And that was sort of what happened because it wasn't, it wasn't actively, it was because I started having panic attacks that I was like, I've never ever experienced in my life being out of control. And that was when it was like, I was like, I was taking it serious that I needed to take this break. But so to begin with, uh, to be honest, I just, I knew that I needed space and to do nothing really. And just be on my own terms in a way, not constantly like running after a schedule, but just make my own schedule. To be honest, I get super restless if, if I don't do anything, you know, so I started crocheting and, 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 <laughs> and like doing other things love that yeah but but you know because i need to be active but but i needed to be on my own kind of schedule uh but to begin with everything was just kind of like ooh, you know it's like still spinning yeah. uh in a way and then starting to write these songs really really just helped me because even though it wasn't like concluding anything it wasn't like these songs had the answers and like now you know ooh, now i'm now it's all good but but more like just to reflect on it um uh which was just really nice well i'm very excited to hear the new album which is out when next year it's january 28th okay not not too far now not too far now no (laughs) so tell me um when you do find yourself at home which has obviously been quite a bit of time recently what are your specialities when you're cooking i'd say either it's uh this shakshuka that i make yeah you love that yes me too me too especially during the the winter like the colder months then it's also these uh vegetarian uh, food pancakes like spinach pancakes with like uh um chickpeas is that what it's called chickpeas and apple and like uh tahin and like these different kind of vegetable things 
those are those are two oh, of my delicious specialities yeah <laughs> and where are some of your favorite restaurants in copenhagen um well i really like this one called oysters and grill uh and a one called osteria which is just yeah i can i can well i am not a food expert so i'm not sure what to call the cuisine i guess it's quite scandinavian but but uh but isn't strictly scandinavian so like yeah <laughs> i hope i'm not Listen, I'm I, I'm personally <laughs> making notes for this so that when I do come, I'll be going to all these yes, places. <laughs> these these two are really good, but there's all. I mean, obviously there's Noma, but I've actually never been. That's a dream of yeah. mine. I want to go to Noma someday. I think I think we all want to go to Noma. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right. I always end my conversations with a few quick fire questions. Beautiful. Are you ready? Yes. What is the craziest food you've ever eaten? I mean, to you, maybe this isn't sound doesn't sound so crazy, but like uh, uh, contestants, uh, like cow contest contestants, like you know, like stomach stuff, cow things. cow testicles. No, no, no intestines, intestines. Yeah, like, you know the stuff that's in your like in here, like your, you know, intestines, <laughs> intestines. Yeah. I love how I went straight to the other part. <laughs> No, but that is a dish too, though, right? Yeah, I've heard and I have not tried it and I don't plan to. (laughs) No, me neither. (laughs) And how was the intestines? So I tasted it in Japan, I think, at this really lovely restaurant. So, I mean, it it tasted, it tasted good, but it was hard for me to like kind of like turn off my brain, if you know what I mean. I kept thinking about it. I was just like, uh, yeah wasn't really that into Fair it but it, it was good yeah sure <laughs> what has been your most memorable meal well I mean actually I gotta say I think it's that that place in San Diego that soul food place because it's always just I mean the food is just incredible and it's always such a lovely just like hang with my crew and my band and we just love all love that. the food and are just having the best time always when we're there so love yeah. that it's always about who you're with and yes. the whole vibe, isn't it? Yes. It's so important. It really Okay, is. this is a very personal question for me. Mm-hmm. My favorite snack of all time is a packet of crisps. What is your favorite flavor of crisps and why? I mean, I think crisps, just to be clear, that's like what we in Danish call like, chips, right? Like Yeah, yeah, chips, like potato chips. Yeah, crisps, yes, yes yeah. I, I mean, okay, maybe I'm going to sound like like such a boomer but like i really like sour cream and onion to be honest oh i like a sour cream and onion too yeah i'm very i I absolutely am very happy with that answer (laughs) okay good (laughs) because sometimes when my guests say certain flavors that i disagree with yeah it it becomes a situation yeah i love a good sour cream and onion or like a sour cream and chive even better actually I love both. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. funny. We right. don't get that flavor much. In, we do have it in the UK, but actually I eat that flavor a lot when I'm in America. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's more in America. In Denmark, we have a lot of chips with sour cream and onion. So it's a very, I don't I know if imagine. I want Yeah, we really do. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if it's like a classic here, but it almost is, I think. Right. Next question. What food sums up happiness for you? Wow. Well, okay. Actually, I think maybe that is just pancakes with 
pancakes with shredded apples. Ooh. Yeah. That I think that nice. sums up happiness for me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Might need to try that. Yeah. And the final question, live to eat or eat to live? That's a philosophical question. Uh. <laughs> okay, live to eat, eat to live. Okay, I think I'm going to say eat to live, but I'm not sure what that means actually. But it just feels like that's the answer that I, I'm choosing. Well, it's, I think to be honest with you, it's interesting. This question always really surprises me when people answer it. Yeah. Because a lot of people take it in different ways. Yeah. Like, you know, I would take it as I'm I'm a live to eat. So I live my life to eat food. Yeah. But some people might be more um considered about how they eat. So they're yeah. more like, you know what, I'm I'm healthy. Yeah. I use it as fuel for my body, so I eat to live because I yeah. have to eat in order yeah. to live. It, yeah. It's really how you how you take it, but yes, it is a bit philosophical. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess I, I do think I'm going for the eat to live, but okay. not but not that I don't think that eating should be life. Also, if you know what I mean. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, let's end on that philosophical note. It was an absolute pleasure. I feel like you and I have a lot in common, including Spice Girl songs and <laughs> sour cream and delivery onion. deliveries Delivers. coming. The bell has not rung yet. No, not here if, either. <laughs> if you want to follow Mo on social media, she is at Mo 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 Youth. Boom. Until next time, guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you love what you hear, please subscribe and review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Crazy Sexy Food and check out the Crazy Sexy Food YouTube channel. Until next time, bye.